Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, all things college rugby plus Harley Wheeler. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tours people, the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, and Lean and Limber. Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's Rugby Wrap-Up College Rugby Report. I'm Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan and we have a full show of rugby for you today. College rugby that is. And without wasting any more time, let's get right to it. In the Red River Conference, the question that is on everyone's mind, did the Oklahoma Sooner number 8 Robert Oglevy score his third hat-trick in as many matches, which we all know is a rusty trombone? The unfortunate answer is no, he did not. But it wasn't because of the opponent's defense shutting Mr. Ogilvy down. It was because the Red River Conference was off last week. And with that, we think it's better sooner that Oklahoma plays. Sooner Oklahoma plays. In the Mid-South, Coach Josh Macy of Lindenwood came on this program last weekend, and what was the result? He got the rugby wrap-up bump. That's right, Lindenwood versus Davenport. 27-zip at halftime in favor of Lindenwood, thanks to some great work by the back line. Connor Burns got two tries in the first half and was joined by wing Morgan Purcell. Final score, 48-8. And the top scorer, the aforementioned fullback, Connor Burns, with two tries. In the Rocky Mountain Conference, it was Colorado versus Wyoming. Talk about weather, no problem. Colorado put up a lot of points. 50 points to Wyoming's 14, and that ain't gonna get it done for Wyoming. Wow. New Mexico versus Brigham Young. A final score of 121 to 10. That ain't a misprint. That's not a spelling mistake. That's not a teleprompter gaffe. That's the actual score. And it's the second 100-point game for Brigham Young this season. The conference has seen a lot of lopsided scores this year with BYU leading the way with a 579-point differential. Watch out, Cal. You might actually have some competition this year. It was 38-20 after 20 minutes, and a lot of reserves would get playing time in this one as BYU prepares for their Rocky Mountain Championship match as heavy favorites to repeat as the conference champions. Notable performances in this one, scrum half Alma Schoenfield, who went 9 for 11 on conversions for the day. That's 9 for 11 for conversions. Utah Valley versus Utah State. 51-7 Utah Valley. Utah State showcased some solid defense for the first 20 minutes, holding an impressive Utah Valley offense to just one try. But a try from prop James Warren started a 22-zip run for Utah Valley at the end of the first half. The second half would see a lot of the same offensive firepower as the forwards had a field day for Utah Valley, bringing the final score to 51-7. Top scorer, a prop. Landon McClune, two tries, and fly half Colton Swap. A try and a penalty kick. That brings us to the Liberty Conference. A huge day for the Liberty Conference up at Fairfield University. Yours truly happened to be there. And it was just rugby, rugby, rugby. And if you liked offense, this was the place to be. Stony Brook versus Colgate. Colgate flashing those pearly white smiles after besting my SUNY brothers by a wide margin. This match would foreshadow the explosion of points on the day. 40 to 27. Again, that's 40 to 27. Colgate. Fordham versus Binghamton. 
76-2 zip. That one ruck changed the whole match. Just kidding. But seriously, Fordham was firing on all cylinders and dominated. Chuck one up to experience for Binghamton and get him next time. Tufts versus Cortland. Coach Tom Clark's jumbos remembered like elephants how to score tries and pay attention to detail. But Cortland was in this for most of the match. It was 19-19, then 24-19, and they were powered by a very strong running back line featuring Reese Walder, who was all over the pitch. But in the end, the Jumbos beat the Wolfpack 41-29. And the Jumbos also have one of the best names in the conference, and it happens to belong to a loosehead prop, which is even cooler. And that name is Marcos Posatas de la Piedra. And Gabriel Garcia Marquez is smiling someplace. In a battle of the big dogs, the Huskies versus the Great Danes, UConn versus Albany State, and it was a result that the Albany State boys would soon forget. 44-24, UConn. UMass versus Oswego State. 43-29 in favor of UMass, but Oswego did show some resiliency and grit and put 29 points on the board. But if you thought that was cool, watch this. Wait a minute, I'm being told off camera that we are going to go to our new segment before we go to the Syracuse AIC result. This is our rugby wrap-up fan mail where we just opened something live that's selected from what you fans have sent in to info at rugbywrapup.com. Let's check that out. It's probably going to be a good one. Mr. McCarthy, regarding Saturday's broadcast, the Syracuse men's rugby team are known as the Hammerheads, not the Orange Men. As someone who has a niece who goes to the college, I think you'd be aware of that. Get your together. Go Hammerheads. Okay. All right. We'll take that. Lesson learned. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, with that, let's get to the Syracuse Hammerheads versus AIC. A huge accomplishment for AIC, and they survived a yellow card to arguably one of the best players in the conference, Louis Sitama. This guy, number 12, was all over the pitch. Kicking points, tackling people, running hard. You name it, he did it. If it was baseball, we'd call him a five-tool player. Watch out for Louis Sitama. But it was a great win for Coach T. Fletcher and Co. And quite an achievement. As for Syracuse, they had a tremendous season. But my niece is definitely bummed they did not win. We then had the championship match at 5 p.m. And this was all on 11 Sports slash for the fan, FTF or FTFnext.com. So it was awesome because you could watch the entire day of rugby with a crack production crew of Next Level Rugby handling the duties. But Northeastern versus Boston College, two Beantown teams going at it in Fairfield, Connecticut. The New England vibe was all there. But rather than me just talk about it, despite the fact that I was there, let's bring in the head coach, of the Northeastern Mad Dogs, Mr. Ed Tuberty, on the Irish Rugby Tours monitor. Yeah, hey, congratulations, huge win. 
Uh, cheers, man. I appreciate it. It was a pretty good win for the boys, for the club, so we're pretty ecstatic. So it's been a good season, so can't complain too much. All right, so you were playing against Boston College. Was it more uh, satisfying of a win because you're basically winning the Battle of Boston as well? Oh, massive. They're, if you think in terms, you know, like I think you said it as well in the commentary, the Commonwealth or whoever said it, it's probably the biggest derby we got. You know, they're, they're pretty much just down the road, probably like a two-mile radius. So beat them in the final championship is even more satisfying. But they're a hell of a team. So, I mean, definitely coming up against good competition makes it even more worthwhile. So... Well, I've got to tell you, I, it was a pleasure calling the match, and it was even better that everybody gets to see these games because they're on. They're getting network coverage, they're getting streaming coverage, they're getting multiple, more than two camera shoots. Yeah. Uh, you know, Next Level Rugby's up there, and they're doing a great job. But for you guys, you had good performances throughout your entire lineup. Yeah, I think from you know we we, had, we went deep this year. This is actually only the second time this year we put out the same fifteen in a row, or just this year so i think from 1 to 23 or 1 to 30 how far i went deep this year the boys kind of stepped up like next next man mentality which is great um so it's very satisfying to see when someone goes down injured or sick or whatever that next person's ready to step in take their shoes and kind of keep the performances rolling for the year which is kind of very very satisfying next man mentality i like that that can be on a t-shirt with your with your face and uh, so other than that what, what would you say your style or your stamp is on a team i asked josh macy if linden would that last week and he, he was like you know he, he had a response i'd like to know what yours is uh, i kind of start with the defensive end you know i kind of i, I pride, we pride ourselves on defense i kind of forcing teams into errors and 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 you know winning those physical battles at the breakdown but I think defense kind of sets up your offense because you know, hold a team, you force errors, and you kind of frustrate them, and that's where you kind of kind of next thing you step into the physical aspect of the breakdown, dominate that, and then kind of get your foothold. And then when we have the ball, Matty, to be honest, we try and play to the edges a lot and stretch defenses and come back look for mismatches. So there's a lot of details that go into it, but I think the first thing we always try and set up is like the defensive end, and the boys did a great job this year, I have to say. So credit to them, you know. Yeah, you had. A great combination, some synergy there between your number eight and your number your num number nine. I think it was was it Chan that was your number nine. Yeah, Darren Chan. Yeah, he's a good player. Darren Chan, who wouldn't come off the pitch. He was like the spirit of '76. I know you like pull his hamstring. He would not come off that pitch because he wanted to stay on that pitch for yeah. that win, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, I mean, he's a senior now, and I know it was his last 15s game, so he wanted to kind of play that one through before he flipped the switch to sevens, but. He's like that throughout the year. Like, you know, there's a thing we have in the concept. It's that our, uh, you're hurt, you're injured. You know, you can play when you're hurt, but you can't play when you're injured. And he's the sort of person. He's always honest. He knows his body. Um, and I always trust him as well. And there's, I mean, that's the biggest thing, the trust factor. So if he says he's good to go, then I trust him. He's good to go. So there's no issue there. You know, we were we were arguing about it like old ladies or old men up in the I booth. heard. I heard. Yeah. I was laughing at it. And I, and I was just saying, well, guys, you know, we all know why he's out there. He's a rugby player. And, it, you know, he wants to be there at the end. And they're like, eh, yeah. and I'm like, get out of here. We're like scribbling notes to each other and stuff while we're doing the call. And I'm like, hey, come on, man. I mean, this is guy, guy senior year. This is a huge moment. Yeah, he's, you know, I'm a big believer. So, you know, it's, and he says himself, we have this debate, you know, when you're injured, you can't play and you got to be honest, you know, because you're, you're going to, you're, you're not helping the team. And we all say that. But if, if you're hurt and you think you can play through it, because it happened to our center, Jack, he actually um, dinged up his ankle and his foot a little bit. But uh, he was honest with me as well. He was like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then he ended up getting a try to start the second half, which yeah. kind of helped us break away. So, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely fights through it. But he wasn't going to jeopardize a win. You, were, you won 38-14. No, I guess so with 10 minutes out. I guess we're 33-7. You're right, but I guess from him, from a senior mentality, 
if I took him off, he would have uh, got a few harsh words afterwards, I guess. So I would have kept him in there anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, and the, you know the thing with these synthetic turrets, you can't just rub some dirt on it anymore, right? You got to rub, you know, the pellets on it. But <laughs> yeah, the pellets with, with the magic sponge, good to go. Well, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about your number eight. All right, Alex Parasek, he's just a dynamic player. He came to us a couple of years ago. Uh, he's in his third year playing rugby. Wow. Never played before, Matty. Crazy. It, wrestling's his background. And he just picked it up like, it was unbelievable. It was picked up very quickly, and he just excelled. Even when we went to nationals at, at sevens, he was just an absolute standoff. Standoff, sorry, in Tucson. He was unbelievable. And even the last, like, since he came in, the last three years, you know, he's been a stalwart of what we're doing. Um, and we're talking about the other day, like last three years, we've had a record of 23 and two in the last three seasons. Wow. So we just, our second undefeated season in the Liberty Conference. And we're thinking back and he's been a massive uh, part of what we're doing. And especially for a you know, young kid that has two more years to go with us. I mean, he's a bright, bright future. He's kind of new to the game still. Yeah. Uh, that, so that, that was amazing to us, you know, watching and, and commenting, uh, commentating that the, the, a lot of these players you'd think were seniors or even fifth year seniors. And we're looking down the list and they're freshmen and they're sophomores and they're just playing yeah. the game for the first time or the first season. And they're playing like seasoned veterans. And that's a, that's a that's a compliment for you guys on a coaching staff. Yeah, I'm lucky to have the coaching boys with me. Do you know, so I know you know some of the guys. Like we have uh, Alex Mikio, Boston Irish Wolfhounds legend back in the day. Um, Chris Frazier, who's with Mike Fry in the OTC crowd. Um, do you know with the with the US Seven squad and and Diego who's with the Free Jacks, as well as Troy Sorrento, next player, and and Dave Woods and Lomé. So we have a massive coaching staff, and we all kind of complement each other, and we're all very detailed, and we all have our areas of expertise, and it just works. You know, it works for getting the kids up to speed quicker than than before, which is great. All right. Well, look, we're basically running out of time. But before you go, what's next for you guys? Are you are you going to go to the D one A playoffs, or or what's the story there? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's something we'll have to sit down uh, later this week. We have a meeting coming up, and then the week we'll sit down, we'll look it over, and kind of go from there. Because um, we definitely want to compete the seventh circuit as well. We had a pretty successful sevens last year, so we'll sit down, we'll look at it, and we'll probably come up with a decision next two or three weeks. Well. we'll kick I got to tell you, Mad Dogs, very exciting team. And, and you know, kudos to Boston College. They battled. They, they were up against it. Uh, oh, they were great. Yeah, Connor Robinson, the hooker, all over the oh, field. Bright future. Very bright future. Um, you know, Rob, like Rob there, Rob's a good coach. He does, he does a great job with them fundamentals. But that kid, Connor Robinson, is a bright, bright future. He's exciting. Yeah, sure. he's, a, he's a hooker leading the team in scoring, right? Or, or in tries, at yeah. least? Something like 19 tries this year, which is phenomenal for <laughs> yeah. D1A, no matter what level you're playing. Yeah. 19 tries, insane. A lot to be excited about, even from just a fan's standpoint. Great rugby, young players, all getting the opportunity. Great event. Unbelievable. John, it, it, it's an exciting time for rugby here in the States. I think it's uh, it's taken off like crazy, and it's a credit to I mean, people at the grassroots doing a great job and kind of pushing them on, and it's a credit to you guys coming publicizing it and, and getting us the exposure that we get. And, you know, we appreciate you, Maddie, Ginty, and the guys getting involved. And, John, we had a fantastic event on Saturday, so much appreciated. Well, you make our job easy, Coach, and, and I wish you the best of luck going forward. I appreciate it, Matty. appreciate the time, mate. All right, and there you have it. That was Coach Ed Tuberty of the Liberty Conference champion, Northeastern Mad Dogs. Now watch this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. 
That was pretty cool, right? Anyway, we're back, uh, and we're not done yet with the Liberty Conference. There was one other match, and it pains me to have to talk about this. My boys, Buffalo Bulls, up against the Fairfield Stags. My first cousin, Robert Doc Hines, is rubbing my nose in it because Fairfield came out, and they were just great. Two young teams, locking horns, Dags versus Bulls, an explosive game of rugby on both sides of the ball. But Fairfield, wow, what young talent they have. There were great performances up and down the Stags lineup. But a couple that stood out were Andrew Pearl, who has this old-school throwback style. He just runs straight and just nails it through the uprights from wherever he is. Dynamic player. Plus, they had the scrum-capped, mustachioed number 34, Ryan Handelman, in the pack, and he was just dynamic. Sam Harris, a freshman, was all over the place. This kid's dynamic. Watch him, a freshman. Still on his feet and into the try zone. A great try from Sam Harris, opening eyes all over the nation. For UB, one of their co-captains and beast in the back line, the number 13, Cooper Zeleste, was out of the lineup. He got he tweaked his knee in practice, but his teammates on the Bulls, Mac and Forty, and Tim Darling, the captain number eight, had solid matches in a losing cause. Final score: 48-31 in favor of Fairfield. And I got to tip my cap; they fully deserved it. And we actually got a little bit of a snippet or a little bit of a soundbite with head coach Austin Ryan just before the match. Check this out. There's Coach Ryan. Oh, how are we doing, Matt? Coach, big day of rugby, uh, Liberty Conference, Fairfield University front and center, and here you are representing and hosting. Well, it's uh, it's a wonderful opportunity uh, to host the Liberty Conference uh, Challenge, and it's an extremely uh, awesome opportunity for our boys to face uh, a staunch and uh, strong competitive Buffalo team this evening. And coach, you've uh, you guys have, have turned the corner in the program. You got a lot of young guys playing. What's it been like for you so far here at Fairfield? Well, the most uh, exciting thing has been that our our boys have really uh, taken to the culture that we're trying to implement. Uh, our senior leadership has done a wonderful job embracing the change, and our freshmen have uh, done a wonderful job injecting a new sense of life. And then the under the other underclassmen have also split that duty. And what what matters most is that our boys continue to give their very best effort each and every time uh, they strap on. So it's uh, what's most important is that they continue to exert that best effort today. And Coach, I just want to apologize in advance. I know the game hasn't been played yet, and this will be seen after the fact, but I want to apologize in advance for my University of Buffalo team squashing your Fairfield uh, University team. Well, I might be apologizing in advance for my Fairfield U boys squashing your alma mater. All right, fair enough, and that's why we play the games. Coach Austin Ryan, thank you. Thank you. There you have it. I'm eating crow, Coach Austin Ryan. D1A rugby is not the only rugby out there. There's all kinds of college rugby out there, and we haven't even talked about the ladies. And with that, on our Irish Rugby Tours monitor, Mr. Alex Goff, who was at the Naira Championships at Harvard. Hey, Alex, uh, you, you were up at Naira, Harvard, so rather than me just go into it, why don't you explain what the event was and what happened? Sure thing. Uh, well, National Intercollegiate Rugby Association, so it's a group of uh, the varsity teams in women's rugby, and they split it up into three tiers. They had fewer tiers before, but uh, some of the teams are really, really strong, so uh, they, they split it up into basically a Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and they have their finals 
all three of them at uh, Mignoni Field at uh, Harvard in the rain and the wind and the snow and the cold. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it was really, really good rugby. And, and I think it was a great showcase for me in terms of um, what varsity rugby can be. Because you saw teams at the supposedly tier three, the lowest level, which was Bowdoin against the University of New England. These players are well coached. They're doing the right things. They're doing, I mean, Bowdoin, every catch, every catch was like hands out here in the fingertips. They can pass for like 10 meters. They can pass on the run. They can kick. They can, they certainly can tackle. So I was really, really impressed overall with the quality of rugby we were seeing. Uh, John Broker and me. and. Uh, even in the really, really bad weather, it was just uh, um, it really shows that varsity rugby can make better rugby players. Yeah, it was great because I got to watch the matches on ESPN Plus from the comfy confines of my couch. Which is and, a place to- and, and, and you and Broker were great. And I was thinking uh, the flurries are coming down. It's got to be cold. Uh, you know, rugby uniforms don't allow for a lot of warmth. <laughs> No, do, do, I don't know if you saw. We the camera focused in on one of the one of the wings who hadn't seen the ball, and she was just like yes. huddled up. Yeah. Um, and we all know that that situation where you know those of us who played in the forwards uh, were very grateful on days like that that we got to pack down a little bit and use the body heat uh, to stay alive and uh, ward off the frostbite. But um, even when and you look at that and you say, okay, that they were cold, but they, but they understood what they were supposed to be doing as a Player for Bowden, uh, Molly Petronzio scored two tries. Uh, she's a wing. Uh, she waited for her moments. And, and, you know, sometimes she was waiting 20, 20, 25 minutes before she got that ball. But she was ready to go. And so, uh, um, you know, they were, they were pretty tough. And then Westchester won the, D, the uh, D2 championship, yeah. right? Uh, and that was the second two, both uh, the Tier 2 and the Tier 1 games. Uh, the team leading at halftime didn't win the game, so yeah. Brown was up 14 nothing, and I realize there's a win situation there, but Westchester picked it up. They figured out what they were supposed to be doing. They stopped committing penalties. They scored three tries. They won 15-14, so really dramatic, really exciting, and uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive stuff. Was that the match where at the end of the game they opted to kick it into touch for a line-out rather than just take the scrum down and kick it out? Yes, yes, that was. But uh, I think there's a the, we weren't really sure on the time because uh, the the time kept running on the on the stadium clock, and that's one of those things that there's so many moving parts in a rugby game, and um, so they let the time run. I think the referee might have said that there was a little bit more time left. I'm really hard to tell at that point. But, well, it's it's uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's it certainly kept us on the edge of our seats at home. I got to tell you, even my dog was like, "What did they just do?" You know, it's like, but. <laughs> Like, All right, so close out the game, man. Yeah, kudos to them though. They held on and made and it and it made it exciting, as Steve Lewis would say, squeaky bum time. And he was there in the next match with Army versus yeah. Harvard. Yeah, so so Army, you know what? The other Army, they've got two flankers who are the size of locks that can just cover the the one side of the field to the other with about four strides, and uh, that's kind of like a. You know, that, that, that's a luxury that most women's teams don't have. Really, really good Army team. But that Harvard team, uh, really, um, they understood the kicking game very well. They got onto the ball well to, to return those kicks. 
they had a really good boot. Uh, Broken Muir, who is uh, from Canada, from uh, Okotoks, Alberta, was our player of the game. And she can kick and run and tackle really well. And um, I'm a big fan of Emily Prentice. I've known her since she was in high school. She was playing for the Kent Crusaders up in Washington State. Uh, she captained that team in her last uh, 15s game because she's um, going into pre-med and going to uh, worry about being a doctor and less about being a rugby player. But she's she was an amazing Come on, leader. Where, where are her priorities? I know, I know. God you know saving, saving lives or whatever. It's like... Yeah. Um, but an, an amazing leader, doing all the dirty work. You know, that, that, that perfect number six. Uh, and uh, we also talked uh, a little bit with um, Cassidy Bargall, fantastic scrum half from Summit High School uh, in Colorado. And, uh, I mean, she, she, ran that, she ran that offense very, very well. She's a very smart player. And, Alex, we actually have uh, your interview with her post-match. Let's go to that right now. The decision to go for points, which is a smart decision, gets you in front. But it, it can, it's so easy to be rash about that. Um, you know, I, I'm assuming Emily was involved in that decision, but, you know, everybody has to be aware not to rush it when you're right in front of the post, yeah, right? Exactly. So the, the composure, where does that come from? Uh, well, we've been having to play really tough games all season building for this, and I think last week that game when we, like, played Dartmouth and won by one point at the end, it, like, taught us that if we all work together and we, like, know what the score is and everyone's communicating, we can have the composure to, like, make those decisions and everyone be on the same page. And we knew that once we hit that uh, kick that we were getting the ball back and we just play out. All right, fantastic. Good job. That's pretty cool. You know, you can tell, yeah. you can tell she's, she's ready to put a coat on. She's, she's, and... and they understand what they're doing. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that you get from some of these interviews. They knew tactically what they were about. They didn't just say, I mean, it's great when they say, oh, we came together and we played hard. That's really fantastic. But they understood also tactically how to win that game. Well, I would, and, I, I would say the obvious thing is that she does go to Harvard. So she knows some stuff. Oh yeah, That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah well, I thought it was all about connection. <laughs> I think there's a thing called smarts there too that's at work. Yeah, you know, I think I think the smart play by Harvard was a cute little tweak going yeah, out there. Yeah, very smart play. Uh, you know, and even like, uh, and, and another shout out to Ken Crusaders. They went for points right in front of the post when yeah. somebody wanted a quick tap. She's like, no, no. And actually, uh, having coached against Ken Crusaders out in uh, Washington. That was that's what they drilled all the time. The first kickable penalty, any game, even a game they were expecting to Take win. Take the by points, eight, baby. Take the points because then when you need to do that, it's ingrained in you. That's so. right. And uh, okay. Alex, Alex, we're basically out of time, but uh, yeah. a f final thought here. Um, uh, I got to say it. I think it was in the in the in the in the Westchester win. Was it that um, Star Spangler that had a banner day? <laughs> yes, uh, there there was a, a couple of Spanglers there. Uh, really did have a a Star Spangled uh, day. I, I like that. Um, Varsity rugby is making better rugby players and yeah. better coach players, and that's yeah. good. And how great was it that they got the exposure with the likes of you and Mr. Broker in the booth on ESPN Plus? All positives. You get the fairy dust from me. Well, yeah. Then, then, then you're blessed, right? Perfect. Now, on that note, my friend, we are out of time, but I want to thank Mr. Alex Goff of the Goff Rugby Report. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, Matt. You like that, right? We knew you'd like that, but you're going to like this even better because this is our college rugby player of the week but he's not really a college rugby player anymore is he well let's find out because we have mr harley wheeler on the horn harley welcome to rugby wrap up 
Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's an extreme close-up that you're all going to love out there. But Harley, uh, you're not playing for Life University any longer, correct? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Training with the Eagles right now. Um, signed with Atlanta MLR. So ready to kick that off as soon as possible. But having fun with the boys out here in Chula Vista. All right. So talk about it. Talk about your pathway through here. Like, how did you start rugby to begin with? Well, originally, um, I was actually in middle school and my older brother was in his senior year of high school. And uh, he decided his senior year that he wanted to play rugby. He wanted to give it a shot. So kind of wanted to do whatever my big bro was doing. Sure. So decided to go out with him. So I'd have to take the bus every day from the middle school to the high school. And uh, that's where it kind of all started. So an eighth grader playing for a high school program. Wow. Just giving it a shot. And where was this? Uh, this was in Knoxville, Tennessee, no- South Doyle High School. Knoxville, Tennessee, started your rugby career, played throughout high school, or was it was what was the program? Yeah, throughout high school, we had 15s and 7s. Um, we were ranked nationally for both 15s and 7s, won multiple. Uh, we won four uh, state championships in 15s, uh, multiple appearances for 7s and nationals at CRCs. Um, yeah, we were we were a pretty well well put together team. I loved it. That's cool. All very cool stuff. How did you get to Life University? So I actually got a scholarship to play college football for Carson Newman University, and um, so I decided to do that for my first year instead of taking um, a rugby scholarship. And then I realized I missed rugby too much and um, wanted to give rugby a shot and get back out there and. Wow. Uh, Coach Colton Cariaga invited me for a visit, and I came down, visited, and I loved it. And uh, January 2016, I enrolled in Life University and started playing rugby. That's interesting. Colton Cariaga is a was a heck of a player himself. He probably still is, but uh, that's a great example to have. So then, playing at Life, where did they where did they slot you in at first? Because you're a pretty versatile guy. I was put at wing. I was a very small guy, um, probably weighing in at around 165, 70 pounds. And uh, they were like, well, he's, he's aggressive. Uh, we'll just put him on the wing, see how he goes. And from there, I just on the wing all the way up until my senior year until they needed me at outside and inside center and just played a major role. So, Well, we got to hang out a couple of times. I met you out in Denver uh, at, at Rugby Town 7s in Glendale, Colorado, at Rugby Town USA. And then just recently – over in that balmy weather of Chester, England, just south of, uh, Liv- of or just north of Liv- uh, of Liverpool, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that was for the AFI Sevens. Um, that was a one of the biggest, bigger tournaments I played in, just because of all the big names that were out there. Um, it was a great experience. The weather was a little horrific, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to go back out there for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we caught them uh, on a bad on a bad weather day or weekend. It's- but you guys, you know, you, you got you, you plugged through it. You got through it. It was a great experience. There were some quality players in that tournament. But then you followed yeah. that up with Rugby X. Yeah, Rugby X in London at the O2 was absolutely insane. Uh, the atmosphere, the environment of the O2, just playing in that type of stadium with that type of crowd, trying, trying something brand new, creating history, that was an unreal experience. I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a couple of questions here, right? Rapid fire. Okay. 
Number one, you play sevens and fifteens. Yes. So, two, let's say five years from now, six years, seven years from now, you're starting to look back while you're still playing. You're looking back at your career. Would you like to have more in your uh, cash or in your or on your shelf? Would you rather have a Webb Ellis Trophy, an Olympic gold medal, or an MLR championship? Uh, that Olympic gold medal. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. No doubt, right? Yeah. Well, does that have anything to do with you being in the Olympic Training Center right now, playing with the Sevens team, and you're on Coach Mike Friday's no, phone? I mean, no. What, whatever possible way gets me to play for my country and win an ultimate medal such as the Olympic gold medal, that would be absolutely one of the biggest things that any athlete can accomplish, in my, in my opinion. Good answer. Now, another question. I asked Chris Matina this as well. Some advice for a young college player or a young high school player right now. Do they have to pick between sevens and fifteens? No, I mean both are gonna both are gonna make you a better rugby player. Um, you you it, whether you excel in both either fifteens or sevens, they they grow you as a rugby player and grow you as a person. It's just whatever whatever pathway you want to take and whatever you feel comfortable with, and whatever you desire to do. That's really what's gonna set you apart and. Um, if you really want something, you just got to go for it. Uh, don't let no no one tell you different. Just keep pushing and keep grinding. All right. What did you think of your doppelganger in England? We put him on the start of the Rugby X show. Hey, same hair, same hair, but not the same <laughs> looks, man. Not the same look. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. All right. Final question before I let you go. Where would Harley Wheeler be? and What would he be doing right now without rugby? Um, honestly, in my opinion, um, rugby has made me the person I am today. And a lot of people say like sports are not everything, but rugby to me has grown me as a person. It's made me realize a lot of things, taking me to some dark places. But, uh, if I wasn't playing, uh, rugby right now, I'd definitely be a firefighter because that's what I've always wanted to be in my life. That does not surprise me at all. You are a stand-up guy, my friend, and one person that I'm glad that I am not playing against because you hit like a, a freight train and bring every ounce of your body, which you're an exciting player to watch. You're a rugby player. You're not a wing. You're, not a, you're a rugby player. Thank you very much, man. It means a lot. All right, brother. Uh, give Mike Friday his phone back and give him a big kiss for us from here uh, at, the, at the HQ, and best of luck, my friend. Well, thank you for having me. It's great being on your show. And uh, watch Rugby Wrap. How do you not like him, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Mr. Harley Wheeler. Hey, thank you very much. All right, we're out of time and basically getting thrown out of the studio. But games to watch this week. It may be cold here at Rugby Wrap-Up HQ in Midtown Manhattan and on the East Coast, but it's warm elsewhere. And in California, conference play is heating up. UC Davis visits St. Mary's, who some see as favorites to unseat Jack Clark's Cal Bears as the dominant team in the West. And there's the ultimate compliment for Cal. Year in and year out, they are the standard for all to hold themselves up to. Notre Dame versus Boston College. The Fighting Irish living up to their nickname with their 12th match of the fall. 
But they're facing the Boston College Eagles, who are coming off that loss in the Liberty Conference Championship to Northeastern and looking to rebound. For that reason, they are the rugby wrap-up pick of the week. And the Irish versus the Eagles is also our rugby wrap-up match of the week because the Rocky Mountain Conference Championship between BYU and Colorado State is not being played because CSU could not participate in the match. And as a result, BYU are the Rocky Mountain Conference champions. Congratulations. And on that note, I'm Matt McCarthy for this week's Rugby Wrap-Up College Rugby Report in Midtown Manhattan, signing off.